0: here, The Chapter Goddess. I am a mom, author, blogger, freelancer, podcaster, producer, and overall creative. With this show, I really want to focus on creatives and bring their authentic self to life. How are they motivated to pursue their passions? What have been the struggles along the way? Does self-care play an important role in who they are today and how they connect with the creative flow? Bringing one's authentic self to the forefront is important in this world that we live in currently. Sharing your self-care, your tips, and how you stay on track for things Without losing it completely is also important. Self-care is not talked about enough. And authenticity and self-care are what I like to highlight with my creatives, as well as getting to know them. So get ready for a fun and entertaining show. Hit the like button. Subscribe if you haven't already. And let's get ready to meet this episode's guest. Hey, guys. And thank you for joining us today. I am excited to bring you another fantastic author with some fantastic books and stories available for you to check out. We're going to have a great conversation and it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're joining from Facebook or from YouTube, just remember to hit the like button, share this and let others meet this amazing person. But without further ado, let me bring her in and allow her to introduce herself.
1: Dang. I'm sorry, I like, I I popped in and I did, like, a face like the Joker, so immediately <laughs> your poor viewers are like, what is happening? Um, <laughs> thank you, Maddie, for having me here on Chapter Goddess. Yes. Great name. Uh, my name is Jennifer Ann Gordon. I am a horror and crime and creative nonfiction author living in the very hot and humid New England currently. Uh <laughs> I'm a dog mom. I'm a dancer. I'm like, we're probably going to get to all of this and eventually get to my books.
0: Yes, which I'm totally, I'm going to hit the books right now. Let's go ahead and dive into the Japanese box. This, guys, is coming out later this year, but go ahead and tell us a little bit about this.
1: So, the Japanese box actually is being released August 1st. It is available for pre order now. Anywhere you buy your paperbacks, you can uh, pre order it. The ebooks only through Amazon, and it will be on Kindle Unlimited. Uh, the Japanese box is a collection of short stories and a little bit of poetry that I didn't even realize I was writing until all of a sudden I had a bunch of pieces, and I'm like, oh no, I have a collection. I think I have a little collection going on. Uh, The Japanese box as a story, which is like the flagship uh, story of this collection is a piece that started in a grief writing seminar Mm -hmm. of all things. And it started as a personal essay about uh, the night my father kind of opened up to me about what it was like to be in the Korean war. So Mm -hmm. I kind of, started there and I thought I was writing you know a personal essay and then it just kind of grew and grew into a horror a very long horror short story like too long to be a regular short story but not long enough to be a novella it was that like it's like 13,000 words so Mm -hmm. all short story places are like cut 9,000 of those words and I'm like I can't (laughs) I can't I can't I can't do it uh so that's where that piece started. Um, there's also, a, uh, you know, a few other short stories in there that started a lot like creative nonfiction mm-hmm. and turned into, uh, horror stories. <laughs> yeah. So especially, so the Japanese box, that story and the story, um, the lithium moon, both started in a very real, very personal place. And then I think when even I as the writer got like a little too uncomfortable sharing that much, I just like slapped some horror on it and <laughs> yes. made it a little bit um, easier for me to mm-hmm. be that personal.
0: Yeah. Well I had kind of have done that myself. You add a fictional <laughs> things and it makes it easier to put out there in the world. Because if you're sharing a piece of your soul, like, you, you have so, to have something to make it where you can share more of it.
1: Exactly. And, you know, as writers, we are sharing our soul every time we oh, yeah. we publish something. And, and it's so, it's petrifying. Like, y- you know, like this collection, the Japanese box, people are, you know, they're excited, they're talking about it. And I am probably the most scared... I have ever been because it started from such a, such a personal place. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this started as like, you know, as my most honest writing.
0: Yeah. But I like that you're putting that out there. You're putting like your authentic stamp on it by sharing a piece of your soul like that.
1: I, you know, I'm hoping I'm a little scared about like my family reading it. Yeah. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, don't let my mom read this. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, don't pick it she, up. don't pick it up. Don't even, don't even flip through it. Don't flip through it because you're gonna see like one word and go, hmm "Oh, really? Is that what you said about me?" Uh,
0: yeah. And is it a, a horror here, twist on it? So yeah. For, I'm like, exactly uh, that character
1: true. is not me. Her it name is, is, is clearly me. Jessica, and my name is Jennifer. There you go. Totally you different.
0: Go. Yes. <laughs> so, what inspired you to share these stories with the world?
1: So I, um, I've been taking uh, like grief writing classes and mm-hmm. creative nonfiction classes for a few years uh, with the incredible instructor and writer, Diane Zinna. So shout out to Diane Zinna. She wrote the beautiful book, The All Night Sun. She also has a book coming out next year that I have essays in. So I'm going to plug that already. It's called Letting Grief Speak, mm-hmm. Writing Portals for Life After Loss. Yeah. So in this group... I've made incredible friends and you know, we meet every other Sunday for grief writing and grief writing doesn't have to be the death of a person. It can be, um, losing your career.
0: Yeah. It
1: can be not having the body you had five years ago. It can be like, I've written essays about my hair falling out and my, you know, pets that pass away, uh, jobs I've lost. I mean, it's just, So it's just been such an incredible community and so many people come back, you know, week after week or now it's every two weeks. And I just felt comfortable sharing the parts of me that I don't normally share.
0: Yeah. And it's amazing that amount of grief that can come from different things really like in the world. So one of my best friends leads a grief share group in our yeah. community and it helps a lot. So.
1: It's really important. It's important work that we have to do um, mm-hmm. for ourselves, for our loved ones. And and honestly, like the past few years, we as like just humans have all experienced the same kind of trauma with the pandemic and and losing people at such an alarming rate that I think the work like grief writing or creative nonfiction or speculative memoir, I think these things are going to become more and more important.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I feel like a lot more people may actually be turning to writing. Like you mentioned the journaling, which is great is that's a form of self care for a lot of people. So. Yes, And that's another topic I love bringing on the show is the self care And on top of all the grief writing and everything, what else have you done to help process everything and take care of yourself mentally?
1: Oh, you know, better living through medication. I will just, (laughs) um, I, so I suffer from chronic depression and severe anxiety disorder and, and you know, I've, I was on, this is like too much information, but that's okay. I was on Xanax for a really long time, which is mm-hmm. incredibly addictive. It's, um, it made me fuzzy. So I made the decision several months ago to go off of that mm-hmm. medication. And I was petrified because I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm never going to sleep again. Uh, but I, I went on a different medication that I love a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I do online therapy when I need it. I, I, have stopped telling myself not to feel feelings. Yes. Oh. Because I think so much of self care is knowing and expressing your feelings. So even if you're scared to do it, even if you think you quote unquote sound crazy, just but, but the confidence to know that after you say these words, how you're feeling if you're scared, if you're angry, if you're any of these things, afterwards, you're going to feel better. Yes. So don't be scared of those feelings.
0: Yes. No, I love that because I feel like growing up and maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know, but I've had to struggle to not box in my own feelings because I too struggle with a crap ton of anxiety and depression. And it's
1: like, I feel like that's like a given almost with like every author I talk to. They're like, uh, like I can relate. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's so much mm-hmm. going on in my
0: head. <laughs> yes. And it's so crazy because a lot of us too, like we, as creatives, we struggle finding self-care methods because a lot of people turn to creativity but that's what we do.
1: Like <laughs> like that's my job.
0: So, yeah. And that's <laughs> like, why I like to ask too, because there are so many different ways for creatives to find that self care or to practice self care, you know? Yeah,
1: no. And I love, I, I love that you said, said like you struggle with like boxing up your emotions and like, mm. you know, I, I live in new England where pretty, uh, closed emotionally vibe up here. And, uh, And my parents were, were very much a, let's not talk about our feelings (sighs) ever. Let's not have feelings. So, and again, like this is going to wrap right back around to the Japanese box, which is like, you know, that conversation I had one night when I was a little girl with my dad who never talked about anything. And like one night he opened up just a little.
0: Yeah. And it just sounds like it probably just came pouring out then.
1: It did.
0: It's not good to box up your emotions, guys. Know. <laughs> you take okay. that lid off. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! So with writing this story, did you find that it kind of healed some of the stuff you were going through putting it together? Um, or I guess
1: stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think everything I've ever written has come closer to to healing a part of me, hmm. and I think. I mean there are some things there are some like deep deep scars that we all bear emotionally that they may not ever heal completely mm-hmm. but exploring them can allow you to I, I guess like the horror writer in me is going to say like make friends with your demons mm. and like know what know what you have inside you and it's not always a negative so like all of the times, again, going back to like bottling up emotions, feeling your feelings, we don't have to be scared of the parts of ourselves that are scary. Like we can, we can be friends with them on the, on the written page
0: Yeah,
1: and then, and then let them, you know be friends with themselves like someplace else and we can go on with our our life our healthy normal lives
0: (laughs) yes for real man so in this collection is there does one of the stories kind of stick out to you do you have more ties to it than the others or do you feel like it was kind of your biggest (sighs)
1: emotional piece so the Japanese box itself is like that story is the the most emotional mm-hmm. piece for me like um the one that is really the most me and and but but the story that sticks out a lot to me is the one that I don't feel feel as many emotions towards and it's really dark comedy it's called simulacrum and it's just about a really unhealthy college relationship which we've all had unhealthy relationships in our early 20s and uh but that story really kind of and I wrote it ages ago allowed me to just be dark and funny and uh swear a lot and and just like (laughs) and just write about like two really despicable people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I had fun with that. So that's the one, like, cause I keep telling people this collection's so personal. They're going to read that story and be like, Jennifer's a garbage monster. This is like, <laughs> gosh, she's terrible. That one's not me. <laughs> yes. No, that sounds like a
0: very inspiring story though. Like, yes. Um, why does it seem just because of like past relationships? Is that kind of like where that came from, the inspiration?
1: You know, I don't really know because I never had a relationship like the one that I'm describing in that story.
0: Not a bad um, thing. <laughs> I know.
1: I do not really, um, <laughs> I really don't, I don't know where that story came from other than Uh, my now husband and I were sitting in a Panera bread and drinking so much coffee and eating so many carbs because uh, our metabolisms were better than, and we could do those things without feeling sick. And, uh, and I don't know, I think I was just like, I want to write a story about the worst people in the world. Like, like worst, obviously there, there are plenty worse people than than these characters, but I just was like, the exact opposite of me. I wanted to write about entitled, spoiled, kind of, uh, yeah. And then I I kind of fell in love with them a little bit, even though they were so terrible. I was like, I would, I'd wanna hang out with them at least once.
0: Yeah.
1: Just to leave and go, oh, they were the worst.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's not a bad thing. So with putting them together in a collection, what kind of process was that like? Is it similar to how you, your process is for when you do a full novel?
1: You know, I, I always say, like, like I was shocked that this kind of became a collection um, mm-hmm. because I just had these pieces. Like, you know, the lithium moon was my take at what I consider a werewolf story. Yeah. Um, but it's really a story about mental illness. Uh, yeah. And so... I originally sent, uh, the story of the Japanese box to, uh, the, the people at last Waltz publishing, I sent it to Damon, who is the, you know, the publisher, the editor, the, the God, the creator of this company. And, uh, so I sent him one story thinking, oh, maybe he can use it in a collection. And he was just like, well, this is great. I love it, but it's too short to publish on its own. And I'm just like, oh, I didn't think we were going to publish it on its own. Like, mm-hmm. so then I sent him something else. I sent him the lithium moon and he's just like, I love that too. Do you have more? And I was just like, oh oh my gosh, I do have more. And so I ended up, uh, you know, sending him everything that's in the collection now. And Damon was amazing. He was just like, I want to publish it. And then I said, okay, now I have to talk to my agent. Because normally, like I'm an agented author. So like things go through her and she shops it. Yeah, but like, but not short stories and things like that. So I can submit to like anthologies and and places. So then, like, I had to like call my agent and go, um, I think I got an offer for a book deal, but normally you should take care of this. So I need help. And yes. um, so then, uh, my amazing agent Paula Munier at Talcott Notch, she stepped in and and took care of uh, ironing out any questions I might have with the contract, but but it was such a strange process because I didn't go into it thinking I want to publish an anthology of my work. Oh my I God. thought of it as, Hey, I have a short story. Maybe you'll dig it. And, and then a book came out of it. So like, I'm actually more excited. Yeah, I was like, Oh, you you want more? That's like as a writer that's what you want to hear somebody yes. say oh send me send send me something else send me more of this
0: yes that that is awesome it's like a little present like
1: it was a little present oh, that God. i didn't expect to happen yes. so i love that um, and but when i write a novel like i tell people like it lives in my head for years and years and years and then mm-hmm. it comes out of my fingers so like i i always say i'm like writing three books in my head oh. at all the time, because I, I feel like I need to know my characters, their soul, every single thing about them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then and then it just, then it comes out. Because yeah. I don't do things like outline or know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to know the characters and trust that they'll tell me the story.
0: Yeah, they're, you're discovering the story as you go. I love it kind of discovery writing is what I like to call that. Yes,
1: exactly. Like I know calling it like a pantser doesn't give us enough credit as pantsers. Like, so I like, I've heard it uh, be described as flashlight discovery. Like you can only Mm. see as far as a flashlight takes you. And then you have to like go down the hall a little bit more and then you can see a little bit more. So I know 10, you know, metaphorical feet in front of me at all times. Yes. No,
0: that's a good description. I like that. That almost, that sounds better than discovery writing because you really can only see as far as, like, the characters are letting you. Yeah. Oh, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yes, I'm going to come. And I, I, yeah, I I'm totally gonna this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't remember who, to- who said it to me. And I'm like, oh, no, that's mine now. <laughs> like, I'm using yes. that.
0: Oh. So with the process of getting this book published and put together and getting it ready for release day coming up in August, What have been some of the most difficult things on that path for you?
1: Oh, you know, I will say this has been very easy. Mm So I'm like, so it's, it's hard to say what has been difficult, what it, what was difficult. And again, this is going to come right back down to my anxiety was showing the work to people to ask for blurbs, which like so i I asked uh, Josh Mallerman and Diane Zinna and uh, who are like two of my favorite writers in yeah. the entire world, so like sharing this work with them was really uh that was scary, and that was difficult, especially like after you share it with them, and I know they're busy. I don't know what I expected that they would immediately drop everything they were doing and read my work and blurb yeah. it right away. And they didn't because they have lives. And (laughs) so when I didn't hear anything right away, I was like, they read it, they hated it. Now they hate me. And uh, they are too embarrassed to even talk to me again. Like, that's what I thought in my head. So that Mm -hmm. getting over that fear, and I had to do this with my last book, uh, Pretty Ugly, when I sent it to I sent it to like Sean Cosby, who's just like this amazing New York Times number one bestseller a million times over. And I sent it to Wendy Webb, same thing, New York Times bestseller. And like waiting for people to come back to me with uh, something. Yeah. Or I'm like, or nothing at all. They could ghost me. Uh, That was the most that. So for Japanese box, that was the most difficult waiting to get those blurbs.
0: Oh yeah, no, I would totally probably fall under that anxiety with you on that, waiting to get flirts Because just like sometimes you it, it is it's terrifying to see what
1: people actually think.
0: And they're if you especially if you like know them and they're like, Hey, yeah, I'll give you flourband you're like, you're like Will know, you? you read oh, this?
1: Oh. I know exactly like oh. what did I just do? I remember the day uh Josh Mallerman who you know he wrote Bird Box, he wrote Daphne, he he wrote like all of my favorite books. like texted me. He's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm starting to read it right now. And I'm like, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Immediately. I was just like, I started sweating. I'm like, I have to uh, meditate or something. I need to take a shower. I need to eat something. I don't know what I need to do. And I like interrupted my husband's work day. I'm like, Josh is reading my book right now. He's like, oh my gosh, right now. And then like all like for like an hour, I was just like refreshing my phone. Like, is he, is he going to text me? And uh, and then he and then he did start to text like live text me while he was reading it like the lines he liked and I was just it was such a roller coaster of a day because having your favorite writer like your work there's there's that should be in pill form like that would be a very it would be a very pill. expensive oh. happy pill but like oh this is like you know your idol giving you a compliment here you go yes. oh my
0: gosh I could only imagine the sensations that feels
1: like it's just I was such easy. a dork I was like screenshotting everything he sent me yes. like just like screenshot send it to my husband screenshot send it to my husband who was just literally in the next room <laughs> <laughs> I love and he myself. was just like i'm working why is yes. my phone blowing up i feel like, up? like my husband
0: would do the same thing stop blowing
1: my phone up I i'm really excited i'm, I'm really excited. excited you just put it on just put it on silent yes. I just but i had to share it with somebody and that, like i was such a fangirl and such a just like a grateful writer for that entire day experience and
0: oh, yes Oh man. So what are some of the things you hope this book does for readers once it's out there in their hands? Oh, I know it's like a huge, I so know different. that's such a huge
1: question. Um, honestly, I hope people reflect on the small moments of their life that they didn't realize were life changing oh, yes. and explore that. Mm-hmm. And just like, and the subtlety and the like, the beautiful, bittersweet nature of life. So the little moments, take a little moment that you thought didn't matter and realize, you know, like butterfly effect that how much it actually did mean for your life.
0: Yes. Oh, man. It's so crazy to sit and think about those small things that really go on and affect life. And my great favorite analogy, which this – it kind of made me stop. This was in a kid's book that I was reading to my son. What They were talking about how a pond changes when they throw the rock in and every little ripple causes a change, even if it's yeah. small. It's just like,
1: that's really deep
0: for a kid's book, man. I know. Like
1: but that just gave me chills. Yeah, no. Because I was
0: there, I was reading it to my son. And, like, for him, it just, he's, yeah, he's like, it like a pond. Over his it's head, a rock. But I'm sitting there I'm like, holy crap, man, like. Wow. So yeah,
1: Life-changing, life-changing yeah. thoughts right there. Oh, yeah. man.
0: Yeah. And I think he's fixing to intrude. So I apologize ahead of time, guys. If he does poke his head in here, the TV probably stopped or something. So I was like, give me like 30 minutes to do the show, but We'll be done. So. I had
1: to trick my dog to leave this room because the second I put uh, my phone in my ring light, my dog was like right here. Like,
0: yes. oh,
1: like, and I'm like, uh, no, you can't
0: hey <laughs> yes bud we're not done yet so you're gonna have to go back in there and you say hey. hi
1: okay well don't take <laughs> pyre i love with what's you. happening right there. now you kid you,
0: cat you talk about it go go can you can go have a treat yes go yes, yes, take me. Pyre with you take the cat good to go
1: I, I love live streams specifically yeah. for things like this. Yes,
0: I don't know where the cat went. I have four cats, so that's a lot. One of them, like, always has to be in here. I think he left. I don't know. He's normally my <laughs> friend's shadow, so it's yeah. Like, I know. I like the one, I one that I just walked to in. Him out of the bed with him because he like tries to wake him up and play. I'm like, fire! No, he's gotta sleep. So <laughs> oh, gosh, oh man. But so with the book coming out in August and everything, you're, you're excited for it to get in readers' hands. What excited and have- scared. <laughs> yes. What do you have planned next? Do you have an idea that you're working on for what comes next? Um, I have,
1: I do. I have a book that's out on sub with my agent that um, I think needs a rewrite. So I'm processing that. Um, And I'm also about 35,000 words into another work in progress and a couple months of writing in my head of a few other things, because there's always, there's always a lot going on. And I really, um, I really want to write a collection of essays about uh, my life as a ballroom dancer and like things that... Things that have happened to me, um, relationships I've had with my students, things that have changed my life. Uh, my husband and I met through ballroom dance, so I, I have this burning desire to to write a, like an eight essay collection Ooh. About, about dance. So kind of like what I, everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten meets dirty dancing <laughs> type of thing.
0: That would be a fun book though, because like... I being a creative intern, I used to dance. I cheered for like I don't even know how many years, yeah. Like, two <laughs> and like, yeah, it's it was a long time, but that's just it's always fun to see that other creative outlet and learn more about another part of dancing. So, I love that idea.
1: I definitely look forward to seeing that idea. You have I know. Like, I'm like, yes. well, then now you I have. have to. To. Now that I've yes. said it out loud, yes. I have to do it.
0: Just hit it up on the board and be like, "Yes, it's gonna happen. Like, it's gonna come." So, oh yes. What you need? I will open it. Oh wait, wait! You have scissors. So that you bring bringing me food. Oh. Okay. If I want. Because can I it? No, go. I'm pick making I have. Two. Go and take fire fire go. go 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 with him we'll just go <laughs> he comes in the cat comes back goes out and the cat is not going so <laughs> Let's shut the cat in here with me
1: <laughs> now you're trapped
0: yeah. you know? so with a very
1: vocal orange cat
0: yes he will probably be up here in a minute or fussing at me mom <laughs> anytime i let the dogs out he fusses i have to go outside too so
1: I grew up with an orange cat, and they have a very specific personality type.
0: <laughs> they do. He is very- And
1: vocal.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Very chatty. I was kind of surprised when we got him because we adopted him. The vets had him, and he's like a year and a half old. Somebody had dropped him off in a UPS box and had used um, dog flea and tick stuff on him and made him really sick, um, so they called him U-Haul, and – now we got, we have him, and he is a mess. He's the most entertaining cat I think I've ever had. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> on a different note, back to our our writing world. If you could share a tip or a piece of advice for someone who is newly published or starting that journey, what would you tell them?
1: Um. <laughs> so I would probably. Again, go back to kind of what we were talking about with self care, and not be afraid of of what's inside of you. And like, I'll usually tell writers because you know, all writers get asked this question a lot. Like, what would you say to somebody? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've probably made every mistake in the world. So uh, don't do what I did. But <laughs> um, but I would say, don't be afraid of the stories that you really want to tell if you're if they're not commercial, if you think your voice is too quirky and weird or dark, like don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of the voices in your head telling you this is the story you should write. Listen to that because at the end of the day, yeah, the money's the money could be great. It could not be great. I mean, it's you're a writer. Yeah. The most important thing is the work.
0: That is beautiful. And you guys watching, here is her next latest drop coming up in August, not October. my gosh, my brain. <laughs> um, make sure you check out the Japanese box and other stories at her website. Um, you can get the link to that below. But Jennifer, go ahead and tell our listeners and viewers where else they can follow you
1: at. So all of my links are on my website, which is Uh I am on Facebook. Jennifer and Gordon. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm technically on Twitter, but I am not good at Twitter and I'm very rarely there. Uh, but Facebook is where I am the most active Facebook and Instagram. And also every Wednesday, I ha- host a- my own podcast called Vox Vomitus. Uh, so that's actually going to be tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern Time live. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and that's another, it's an author interview podcast where uh, my co-host Allison Martin and I talk to best-selling authors about what went wrong during the writing process. Ooh, that's
0: like a <laughs> great one to watch. <laughs>
1: yes. it's, very, um, it's very uplifting because you're just like, oh, like best-selling authors make all the same mistakes we do, and they are just like us going, oh, I'm petrified that the- my book's coming out and people are going to hate it. <laughs>
0: yes oh my gosh for real but you guys thank you so much for watching and Jennifer thank you so much for being on the show today Thank you. make sure you guys hit the like button subscribe and share this video on your socials give us some love check out our websites and we'll be live again soon I hope you enjoyed the show don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to get future notifications when shows come out Also, be sure to check out my website. I have a blog featuring this creative with some other fun and interesting questions. You can also subscribe to my newsletter there to stay up to date with all things The Chapter Goddess and Madeline Dale. Once again, thanks for watching and have a great rest of the day.